0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You
0: need Indeed.
1: We're talking Josh Jacobs and legendary fantasy performances on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz fantasy podcast. I am Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. Happy to be happy to be recording this during a Monday night football game coming off a of really exciting weekend of action in which one of our teams that uh, Curtis and I are mutually invested in had, a hell of a weekend, thanks to Josh Jacobs, who, as you noted, we're going to be talking about. Uh, so we're feeling good about that. Curtis, how are you doing?
2: Doing great, man. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, one of our one of our two uh, main event teams going to make it through, uh, which feels great. I, I, this this feels like. Uh, I, I mean, I had a very mediocre year in managed high stakes this year. It feels mm-hmm. like all of my teams were six and five. <laughs> Getting into this weekend, yeah. Like seriously, every team, like my FPCs, my mains, like you know, I think I had one team that was like three and eight, and like all the rest of them are six and five. But then you know, highly variable in the amount of points that they had. You know, some of those six and five teams are like, how is this team six and five? Right. And then other teams are like, how is this team six and five? Yeah. Um, and so, uh luckily, one of one of our two that we're uh, co managing is is looking to set up to have potentially dominant uh, run. So I'm doing great uh, now that you mention it. And like you said, it, it is on the back of Josh Jacobs that we roll into the fantasy playoffs in this FFPC format, of course, in, in most managed leagues. You know, we still got a couple of weeks left, Dave, but why don't you break down Jacobs' fantasy performance? And then I thought it'd be fun just for a few minutes to take a trip down memory lane. And talk about some of the other legendary fantasy performances uh, in NFL lore.
1: Yeah, well, this was an, a very impressive performance. Of course, there's the I think it was 84 yard touchdown rush to seal things in overtime. What an icer.
2: That was nuts.
1: Absolutely, 33 rushing yeah. attempts for Jacobs. Keep in mind, like two hours before the game, it wasn't even clear if he was going to suit up or not rushes 33 times for 229 rushing yards. That's a 6.9 yard average per attempt. Uh, Two rushing touchdowns, had seven targets, six receptions, added 74 receiving yards, eclipses 300 total yards on the day with two touchdowns, comes out to a 48.3 point performance. On the season now, Josh Jacobs has put up a total of 242 fantasy points. He has played the same amount of games as Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and Austin Eckler, and is number two overall. Really, of all the running backs of consequence this year that you can look at, um, just Jacobs right now outpacing all of them, with the exception of Eckler. In points per game, it has been a very impressive run for Jacobs.
2: Yeah, man, and this is where we where we segue because as as awesome of a performance as it was, and as much of a I mean, really a league winner, league reshaper uh, that Jacobs has turned out to be at his you know discount ADP. I mean, he's you know round six, round seven, even round eight. I think is where we got him on our yep. main. Um, you know, that's, that's the type of stuff that that tilts the season on its head. Not only his overall season long performance so far, uh, but you know, this type of performance in in a critical juncture, but Dave, it might surprise you to learn that it's actually among non-quarterbacks. It's only the third best fantasy performance in the calendar year, 2022 in an NFL regular season game. I'm curious if you can remember either of the other two performances and it's kind of a trick because one of them was in this NFL season and one of them was in week 17 last year so oh. it, it was in it was championship week uh okay. in the new fantasy format
1: all right well one of them I believe is Alvin Kamara no that was two years ago now oh that was two years ago now wow uh, yeah How that was two years ago that was that was Christmas
2: day yep 2020 okay All right. So last year. Oh, uh, was it Jamar Chase? Yes. Yes. Uh, Ring the bell, my friend. So on January 2nd, 2022, Jamar Chase put up 55.6 PPR on uh, the strength of 11 receptions, 266 receiving yards and three touchdowns in fantasy and what most leagues would have had as their fantasy championship. Um, the other one yep. actually was also by a Cincinnati Bengal, Dave, this season.
1: Oh, is it Mixon? It was. Yeah, it was Joe yeah. Mixon
2: just like a month ago, yep. man. Mixon put up 55.1. He <laughs> wow. had 100 and 153 rushing yards. So, I mean, uh, a, a far cry from Josh Jacobs in his 229. But Mixon had four rushing touchdowns in the ultimate um in the ultimate get well game uh, because, you know, he, he had really underperformed uh, based off of his opportunity to that game. And, you know, um, things have a way of figuring themselves out. So, you know, those are the top three performances of the calendar year 2022, but zooming out a little bit further, Dave, on the running backs, wide receivers and tight ends, Josh Jacobs in his 48.3 PPR since the year 2000 was actually just the 45th best performance Which is crazy. Yeah, it is. I thought that was pretty wild. It it seems pretty low, but then, you know, it's the year 2022 and we're, we're including the year 2000. So we're talking almost 23 full seasons. Basically what we're saying is about two times a year, there are performances that are this bigger, bigger, which when, I guess when you put it in that context, Okay. That seems like pretty reasonable, but it still is just kind of like shocking that there were 44, uh, yeah, 44 other performances, uh, better than that one. I'm going to call a couple of them out, um, just to kind of take a a quick trip down memory lane. Some of these were games that, you know, helped me fall in love, uh, with fantasy football. We'll kind of go in reverse order here though. You mentioned the Alvin Kamara game that is like still one of that, that will always be one of my favorite games, man. I mean, Alvin Kamara sent, sent my wife and I to Jamaica. Alvin Kamara installed my home gym. Um, Alvin, Alvin Kamara and his six touchdowns, baby. Um, that, was, that was pretty crazy uh, on Christmas Day with with one red cleat and one green cleat. Um, another one that happened in that season just a month earlier, this actually happened on my birthday uh, in 2020, Tyreek Hill. You remember this game? 13 receptions, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, It was the Chiefs versus Tampa. So it was Mahomes versus Brady. The Chiefs win by three on the road against Tampa, and Tyreek had, like, all the yards in the game. There was no stopping him. Just absolutely shredded them. What about this one? Remember CJ2K, Chris Johnson?
1: Back in the day, were you yep. playing fantasy when Chris Johnson was playing, Dave? Some of those seasons, I, I certainly was. And I, I might fondly remember, remember this game, but go ahead. Okay,
2: 197 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Nine receptions, 87 yards, and another another <laughs> touchdown. 55.4. Wow. It's the 10th best fantasy performance of, of all time. Um, that, that was a big one. What about way back in 2003? Were you playing fantasy in
1: 2003 yet? I was in I, I that might have been the year before I started actually cuz I'm it was somewhere okay. in that range. Okay. Yeah,
2: that would have been let's see. I'm Oh man, I'm a bright-eyed sophomore year college student. Uh <laughs> in 2003 and Clinton Portis, Dave, 57.4 PPR. Two hundred and eighteen rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns.
1: Oh my lord!
2: This, yeah, this this is Shanahan era Denver Broncos, and and it's so, so the original Shanahan, Daddy Shanahan, and he he was the OG of you know getting top level production out of any any running back. But the thing is, is Clinton Portis was actually really good also playing in that system. Yep, um, that was the actually the fourth best. Fantasy performance of all time. We already talked about Alvin Kamara, or since 2000, rather. We already talked about Alvin Kamara. That was the fifth best. Portis was the the fourth best. We talked about Tyree Kill at 57.9, second best. I want to, or thir- third best, rather. I want to see if you can name either of the top two fantasy performances since the year 2000. So one was by a former Chiefs running back in 2013. Yeah, it's
1: Priest Holmes, and the right? other
2: no, it, no, it was actually no. This was a later guy. So oh, Chris wow. Holmes was. So those oh, it's of you Jamal Charles,
1: while, and it's all oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes, Charles, it was Jamal yeah.
2: Charles, man. Yep. So December fifteenth, Jamal Charles, fifty nine point five PPR. Um, what was crazy about this one, Dave? Jamal Charles only had twenty rushing yards in this game. <laughs> <laughs> he had twenty. He had twenty rushing yards in a game where a running back scored fifty nine point five PPR. So he, he rushed for 20 yards and a touchdown, but he had eight receptions for 195 yards and four receiving touchdowns. Oh my
1: Lord.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just nuts, man. That is, un, that is, is wild. Yeah, like, that is you really can see wild. Rece- like to me, that feels like a Debo Samuel line the other way. Like yeah. the wide receiver also scores on a reverse, not a, a running back has that. You know, that's just crazy. And the top... Uh, you, well, you mentioned Priest-Holmes. Priest-Holmes litters the list of the top 100 performance of all time. He actually does come in at eighth overall. Yep. Um, so that was a good name to pull there. Uh, you know, He did have a 55-point game himself. But the only non-quarterback to ever score over 60 PPR in a game since the year 2000, Dave, a former Jacksonville Jaguar wide receiver, Jimmy Smith, this is, this uh, this, this is, is, so is definitely, absurd. I mean, D- Dave's like going to the seventh grade dance or something yeah. in the year 2000 and Jimmy Smith is putting up 15 receptions for 291 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns in a losing effort
0: oh <laughs> against the, against the Ravens. Gosh.
2: Yeah, the Jaguars lost this game. This is 31 year old Jimmy Smith, by the way, this is not even like, this is late career Jimmy Smith. At the Ravens, the vaunted—I mean, like turn of the century Ravens defense—like that was legit. Yeah, I mean this. This is the defense that helped win win Trent Delfer, you know, a, a Super Bowl just a year or two later after this. I think, and they the Jaguars lost this game, thirty-nine to thirty-six on the road. Um, just crazy. Sixty-two point one PPR. Wide receiver, but I mean it, it's fun to look at this list. There's there's tons of names that you would expect, and also some names that that you wouldn't. You know, you see names like uh Ladanian Tomlinson all over this list. You we already talked about Chris Johnson, Terrell Owens is on here a couple times. Then you see guys like Drew Bennett, remember that name? No Drew Bennett had one game ever in his whole career, man, and he had 53 PPR. Uh, He he had a 233-yard receiving game with three touchdowns for the Titans way back in 2004. Uh, Kevin Curtis, another one of those names, back in 2007, had 221 yards and three touchdowns. Kevin Curtis never did much of anything else. But then, of course, you have Julio Jones on here several times. I mean, Julio had a game uh, with over—he was the last uh, player actually before Josh Jacobs to post more than 300 yards from scrimmage in a single game, Dave, uh, before this past weekend, about, uh, five or six years ago, which was pretty cool. And, you know, just to put a little bit of icing on this whole topic from a non fantasy perspective, just kind of framing up how good
0: Josh Jacobs game was. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
2: he's only the 11th player in NFL history to amass 300 plus yards from scrimmage in a game. So that's not since the year 2000, all All NFL history. Wow. Okay. Some of the other names that are ahead of him, um, you know, would include the guy he's tied for eighth most in a game. So he actually had 303 yards in this game on Sunday that ties him for eighth most all time in a single game with Jim Benton from 1945. Okay. Um, different game, obviously the record four yards from scrimmage in a game is 336 by Flipper Anderson of the Los Angeles Rams back in <laughs> 1989. Flip. Yeah. Good old flip. Um, I was in kindergarten that year. And then uh, yeah, I already mentioned the last time was well, 2016 was the last time that uh, this happened and it was Julio Jones. So man, Bravo, Josh Jacobs, you are doing um, pending free agency year the right way, my friend.
1: You know what the other crazy thing about this too is uh, just the Raiders backfield managing to have such a good game because Amir Abdullah actually had a pretty good, <laughs> good outing too. Dude, I started, I started Amir Abdullah in a 14 team. Yeah. Uh, I believe 14 it, yeah. Team League
2: this week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I actually was in the situation where worried about Jacobs. I uh, went and uh, got Abdullah in a couple of spots and then fortunately it worked out that uh, I was able to make sure I stuck with Jacobs, but you know, good game for the Raiders in what has been a bit of a difficult season. However, I think it's been an even more difficult season, one could argue, for our snoozer of the week and potentially one of the biggest snoozers of the season, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, my friends, has not done a whole lot of scoring And in his week 12 matchup puts up just eight and a half fantasy points going 19 of 35 for 142 yards did record a passing touchdown did not do much as a rusher. And now on the season, Curtis, there are so many jokes out there of things that have happened more than Russell Wilson throwing touchdown passes that it's almost
2: <laughs> difficult. I've seen some of them and they're pretty, people are getting creative with it. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs> they are getting
1: very creative. I mean, just to yeah. put things in perspective here, though, right Russell Wilson only has 135 fantasy points currently. Um, just eight passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. It is just ugly by all accounts. And the biggest issue is I think that we were really hoping this could push some of these wide receivers forward, that this would give another offense to get excited about, but man, it has gone the absolute opposite direction.
2: Some interesting Russell Wilson facts. um, Dave Uh, actually shares my birthday. Um, Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. uh, I I wish it was with somebody cooler, um, but that's, that's fun. Did you know his, his son's name is Winn, Wilson, Win Wilson, W I N, like Winner. I did not he know named that. his son, Wynn Wilson. Um, that kid, if he has the charisma and moxie of Russell Wilson, is going to be obliterated in school as a teenager, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just have no chance. Um, Russell Carrington Wilson, man, you know, he's he's gonna have to, he's like. Hopefully, I mean, I don't like to see any NFL franchise just totally crash and burn to the level that the Broncos will if he actually ends up being this bad uh, because they would have absolutely traded the farm for a franchise-wrecking situation. Um, It was bad enough, you know, what they paid. But for for, for him to not even help the team be competitive, like, I don't wish that on any, you know, I, I guess fan club. I've been a Browns fan my whole life. So, you know, I hope that he can at least rise to the level of not harming the team, even if he doesn't end up on the, you know, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes level uh, that I think the Broncos had envisioned when they made this deal. But yeah, man, eight passing touchdowns and five interceptions on the season. And we just finished week 12. It's it's truly a head scratcher.
1: Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, is if you try to look through some of the advanced metrics to try to find something where you can say, all right, like he has struggled everywhere, but at least he was good in this measure that in and of of itself becomes a bit of a chore, um, has not been one of the more accurate passers has actually been pretty much towards the bottom in arm, uh, on target percentage has not been very good at converting air yards, Um, the attempts per touchdown, as one might guess, have been really ugly at 43 passing attempts to every touchdown that puts him in the range with guys like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. It has just been a really ugly, ugly year. I think one of the interesting things is going to be how far does he in him, not just him like fall next year in ADP as we start to enter the the preseason, but where do his wide receivers and tight ends go? And then, of course, we have questions about the running back situation, with Javante Williams returning. So uh, it's, hard, it's going to be hard to make sense of Denver.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of a avoid at all costs um, situation. Um, did you see? Did you see who picked up Melvin Gordon today, Dave? I did not. Speaking of the Broncos, I did not. <laughs> he's with the Chiefs now.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> he
2: went to he went to Kansas City, the the only team that still gets to play the Broncos twice this year. Oh So my gosh. In, in the ultimate just, you know, you want to talk about like a, a salty move um signing with the Chiefs practice squad just to get a, a you know a, a chance at his former team uh, a couple of times and and obviously go to the playoffs. I mean, yeah, that's that's good for Melvin um from a fantasy perspective actually. I think in the long run could potentially even be an issue for Isaiah Pacheco because I yep. think Melvin Melvin Gordon, despite his fumbling problems, is just from a talent level by far the best back on that team. So I, I think he actually could even make some noise late in the fantasy playoffs. And you know I expect that we'll see Melvin's name in a bunch of the waiver wire articles on our site and across the industry uh, tomorrow. You know how to play the Melvin situation. Can can you afford to stash him on your bench for a couple of weeks? And would you feel comfortable? Starting him in the playoffs is going to be a a fun thing to to watch uh, unravel. Other just notes uh, from the games that I had a chance to partake in this weekend. It was awesome to see what Mike White did with the Jets. uh, Elevating, re-elevating, I guess, Garrett Wilson. And we had even an Elijah Moore sighting. Um, So, you know, that was pretty cool. Over 300 passing yards and multiple Jets wide receivers uh, who are young and obviously you know, we're carrying quite a bit of dynasty value heading even into the middle of the season. It's nice to see that they didn't forget how to play football. They just needed some, you know, uh, replacement level quarterback play in order to uh, be superstars again. Uh, those were probably uh, my two favorite stories from the weekend. Anything else stick out to you from this weekend's uh, matches, Dave?
1: Well, one thing that I thought was pretty interesting is the Rams backfield, right? Daryl Henderson gets cut. yeah. And we still see cam makers come out eight rushing attempts, just 37 yards ends up finishing with 3.7 PPR <laughs> on the day. Not what you want to see. If you're somebody that's been holding on now, Kyron Williams goes 11 rushes, 35 rushing yards, and then does get involved in the receiving game. Had three receptions for 25 yards finishes. With nine PPR, uh, which I guess is respectable for somebody like Williams, but pretty interesting to see Cam Akers just completely uh, swing and miss yet another time.
2: Yeah, I mean, cutting one player doesn't make another player better, right? Um, so yeah. Well, you yeah, know, I, I
1: I wonder too how much of it really is a talent thing with these guys there, or if it's just a, a team situation, right? Oh, the the line is just so it's just so right. bad.
2: It's just I mean, it, they they could you know they would be happy I think if we could somehow both fit in the same uniform because I mean without doing that you know we wouldn't weigh enough, but I think if we could somehow. <laughs> you know, get my two legs in one pant leg and your two legs in the other and figure out what to do with our, our arm that wouldn't be free outside of the jersey, they would take us, Dave, as a, a practice squad guard right now uh, if we could figure out how to actually physically get those movements down. I mean, the, the Rams, it's just bad. And, and you can see, you know, everyone's kind of trying to find their way off of the active game day roster now. Um, you're even seeing Aaron Donald, Uh, pop up as, you know, potential being done for the season, which I mean is smart. They should protect, you know, their high-end assets at all costs, especially the ones that they talked out of uh, retirement to return this year. Uh, But yeah, it really is sad. And and it is a reminder just how quickly a franchise that was on the edge of glory can, you know, find themselves in the dumpster.
1: Yeah, for sure. The only other note that I just kind of wanted to call it here too, just another player that it was great to see come out and have a great game brian robinson got 18 rushing attempts went over 100 yards 5.8 yeah. yards per also saw three targets converted two of them for another 20 yards and had a very nice receiving touchdown finished the game with 20 and a half points he was one of those running backs like rashad white one of these rookies that a lot of people were hoping could make a uh, you know a splash down the stretch and uh, hopefully we see that continue as we start to close out the year
2: Yeah, we also saw Travis Etienne uh, re-aggravate the midfoot. Um, Sounds like maybe he could have actually come back in that game, but the the Jags uh, were protecting him a bit. Pretty weird game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence ends up uh, balling out and looking like a number one overall draft pick by the end of that game. Had a fantastic fourth quarter, and uh, the Jags won a thriller 28-27 over the Ravens. Etienne, you know, hopefully will be okay for the long run, but I mean... 0.3 0.3 PPR in such a critical spot, especially with the high stakes uh, fantasy season being what it is, this being the final week, you know, that was a big, that was a big hurt there. Uh, we saw uh, Miles Sanders have his best game of the year, 143 rushing yards, a pair of rushing touchdowns, even got three receptions. Uh, and, and what was really kind of a surprise shootout between the Eagles and the Packers, I mean, the Packers haven't had a lot of uh, a lot to get excited about on offense all year end up, you know, that game goes for a 73 total, which was crazy. Jordan love even gets in that game and has a touchdown to Christian Watson, uh, who continues to tear it up. I mean, the NFL never ceases to amaze Dave. So, I mean, whether it's a big performance from somebody like Josh Jacobs who, you know, writes himself down into fantasy history, uh, a rookie emerging, uh, a kind of a veteran retread having the best game of the year injuries here, injuries there. I mean, there's always something to to get excited about. And I mean, as, as we head into week 13, I think all eyes will be fixed on the Cleveland Browns and the res- uh, return of Deshaun Watson and what he could mean to that Browns uh, offense. And a lot of those players from a dynasty perspective, moving forward, notably Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell. Uh, that is a game I will definitely be watching against uh, his former squad in the Houston Texans, Dave. So uh, those are my thoughts from this weekend and, and kind of the tease for next week. Anything you want to send the listeners off with for this episode?
1: No, other than the fact that I uh, just checked in on a dynasty team that I only look at occasionally uh, throughout the weekend and realize that I have made a massive swing and I'm about to win my matchup. So I'm feeling good. It's going to give me good momentum as we head into our projection show tomorrow. Where Well, I'm having trouble talking tonight. Tomorrow, where we will break down all of the upcoming week 13 GLSP projections.